And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. After a 16-minute review, it is determined to be a common foul. The shooter did not even kick his... Sorry. Did he kick him in the dick? Sorry, the shooter did kick the defender in the dick. However, it was... He didn't... When he was shoot... It was unintentional. When he was shooting, his foot came up. Naturally, kicked him in the dick. He didn't mean to. Plus, the defender was being a a little bit of of a puss. Uh, so it's just a regular two, foul on white. Uh, two shots. Take the ball here. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Sunday, May 28th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here at church, a.k.a. the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners. This is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Hit the like button, subscribe, comment away. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. And look, we're here for a good time, not a long time. So hit the Zaza, JD. We're going to game seven, baby. Game seven. Game seven. Yeah, we are. We said we were due for a classic, and they came through last night. The Boston Celtics kept their season alive in miraculous fashion on Saturday night. The last second tip-in from Derek White to win Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals, 104-103. After falling down 3-0 to the Heat, they have evened the series at three games apiece, and we have a Game 7 baby (laughs) in Boston on Monday night. My God, I assume we're starting at the end of this one, Tess. <laughs> oh, yeah. You said we're here for a good time, uh, not a long time. But then I had to check. Was yesterday's game extremely long? Because it felt long. Two hours and 40 minutes, according to the box score. Felt a heck of a lot longer than that. <laughs> Whistles were active in the second half. Yes. Yeah, I can't believe it was that short. Uh, but the end of the game, as you said, we were due for a great one. That was basketball heaven right there. No, that was sports heaven. Mm. Name another sport where that much takes place in that short amount of time. Three seconds. Three seconds in heaven wow. is better than two seconds in heaven. I mean, listen, watch, watch all Can't the... Can't deny it. <laughs> That's right. It's logical. Three is better than two. It was crazy how that thing ended, where the Heat are down two. Their best player can't do anything in this game. His coach, Jimmy Butler's coach, Eric Spolster, says... Now, I'm not calling a timeout. You want the ball, Jimmy? Okay, take the ball, Jimmy. Somehow he gets to the corner after he double dribbles, bobbles, puts his hand on the ball, (laughs) somehow just kind of pushes it to the corner, projectiles his body towards the rim, just trying to get some sort of call, gets it at the 2.1 second mark, as the clock says. All right, he's going to the line shooting two. Actually, no review. He's shooting three. What? He can hit three for the win? Actually, no, we're going to put three seconds back on the clock as well, just because the foul happened a little early all right so he goes bangs home three on the other side down one 
Nobody on the inbounder, so Derek White has a clear, easy pass to Marcus Smart, who gets a good look. It toilet bowls out. Oh. That thing is clogged. Derek White <laughs> is there somehow, somehow to tip it in. I think Jason Tatum probably would have tipped it in on the other side possible, if it went to possible. the if it went to the other side, but no one's there to rebound because they're playing zone defense after playing zone defense all game. Uh, and then uh, we have to check on this review too because. The only person who sort of knew that it went in before the buzzer was Derek White. He knew. In real time, <laughs> yeah. did you think it was good? Because I got to be honest, I, I did it. I, I did I not. I was like, no. wow, three seconds. What happened there? You know, <laughs> got the three-pointer sh- shot attempt, and it went in and out. And yeah, then the rebound's like, no, nah, I think that's going to be just late. And obviously it wasn't. That's amazing to get two shots off in three seconds. But a great play by Smart to get the ball up quickly. Like, yeah. how many times have we seen like a tough shot? Somebody would want to pump fake and try and maybe draw a foul, get a fly by going just so you can actually get a decent look at it he's like i gotta shoot it we have a chance at an offensive rebound if we do i think the fact that he faded away even helped the celtics because it made max Struess take one step out of his path chasing back to Derek white and that was one step of difference that made the difference on the bounce the fact that the ball bounced straight to Derek white <laughs> off the rim perfect instead of going like up even three degrees higher like that probably runs out of time yeah it was just perfect <laughs> incredible play for me by the Celtics, this to me is more like a great play by Boston than a botch by Miami because sure. they took away the first two options yeah. for uh, for the Heat or, or the, the uh, for the Celtics. Right. They got a shot from Marcus Smart that had a chance to go in, but you're going to live with Marcus Smart taking a fadeaway three. Just an incredible play by White to go for the outlet pass in the corner at first, realize it's not there. I still got time to get to the rim. Got it up super quick. What a play. Yeah, I think Spolstra after the game said, the only place it could have bounced to hurt us. A lot of truth to that. Lucky bounce uh, for the Celtics, but at the same time, as you said, incredible instincts Mm -hmm. from White in that high pressure pressure situation. Just even the inbound, move to the corner in case, you know, like makes its way to him. Shot goes up, just attack the rim. And to have the wherewithal to... It comes perfectly to him, but to not panic, not even try and tip it. Like, he sort of shot it, right? It, like, went in his hands just long enough, and then he gets it up off the glass. And you're right. He knew, or he had a pretty good idea. Yeah. I think I got it. He said post game he didn't know for sure. Right. <laughs> but he played it off. Felt like, good. Yeah. I'm confident. I'm he, confident. Tatum was right there on the other side, too, though. I don't he know was, if Tatum would have had actually the time, the though, I wonder. I think I his would have been maybe more of a tip Anyways, variety. Yeah. A little wilder. doesn't matter. Who, who knows? I, I do think there would have been more time elapsed if they had somebody on the inbounder. They just foregoed that to take away Tatum. Yes. They said, we're yes. taking away Tatum. Struess, you're just doubling Tatum. Let Derek White do it. And Derek White, obviously, brilliant to just go directly to the hoop. And those .9 seconds that they re-added to the clock sure helped out. And all the, 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 the Twitter reviews going around, and I think the best one, uh, the best video review of... Jimmy Butler being fouled in the corner and seeing how much time should have been put back on the clock was actually in the arena. It was sponsored by some lawyers or something. So you can see <laughs> you can see it's like a split screen of, you know, s- uh, something that's a video review that's sponsored. And you could see when he was fouled. And it was kind of at three seconds, but it was it was way later than that. That was very generous to give him that much time to put back on the clock. It should have been more like 2.5, 2.6 at the most. And that helped. Uh, going the other direction. Uh, that's yeah, that one that you just pulled up there. Who is it sponsored by Trey? You just, you just uh, had... it's it's a wob tweet to me. I don't uh, I don't know who the corporate sponsor. <laughs> so, was. Oh, it was on there. But anyway, yeah, it was yeah. See in the corner there. Uh, 
Anadhar and Levine. Yeah, that's who was sponsored. I don't know why Zach Levine's getting involved. In this. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't but need to be doing this right he now. He wasn't. Yeah, that that Horford foul. I could see why you'd say that's not a foul in a way. I mean, he had his arm out. Butler threw himself into him. Not a natural shooting motion by any means. Well, that's the thing. But There's it's a so foul. So much to unpack from exactly. this like one thing here. Like, when did he foul him? Did he foul him? <laughs> if he fouled him earlier when he hit him in the head. Was that on the floor? Should it have been on the floor and not shots? Okay, then the whole clock situation. Was it a double dribble? Then was even? it a double, double dribble? Wait, it's a bobble. Did he? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, all of this <laughs> madness. Jimmy incredibly steps to the line, hits all three free throws, which gets completely overlooked Clutch. now. I mean, the guy had a garbage game. His mm-hmm. legs look dead. The Celtics were beasts inside on him and Bam, which I know we'll get to. Just like they shut off everything I felt like inside. Robert Williams III, Horford. Um, but then... Despite shooting whatever he was, like three and nineteen, which sounds fake, Jimmy's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just go to the free throw line every single time here. As they got back into this game and the Celtics couldn't score, uh, man, it's just like you're, it was just an insane ending. And if you know what's going to happen in Game Seven tomorrow night, I don't believe you because I think every possible outcome is in play. I think the Celtics can win by twenty-five. I think the Heat can win by twenty-five. We could have another game like this. Jimmy could go three and nineteen again. Jimmy could have fifty-five. I don't know. How could you possibly know? Which is how pure insane this series has been—the way it started, the way it's gone, and the way this game ended. Right? Nobody knows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can the Heat recover from that gut punch? That—that's the biggest question. I think when Eric Spolstra goes to the podium after the game and says, "We want to play right now. We would like to tip Game Seven right now." I think he's talking to his best player. He's, <laughs> he's just hoping Jimmy comes out and and plays because he got through to everybody else other than Bam. But I mean, everybody else contributed big time. His move of putting Caleb Martin into the starting oh, lineup, amazing man, huge. Yeah, twelve first quarter points. Without those, they're done. And Gabe Finson had eleven by half. Duncan Robinson had the most buckets in the fourth quarter for the Miami Heat. He had more buckets than Jimmy Butler right. from the field. And they still lose. They just need Jimmy to be bad and not super bad. <laughs> I mean, the, it, yeah, it, totally. That's that's all it was. The, the the supporting players were there. So, can Jimmy recover? Because he is obviously somewhere that ain't the basketball floor right now. Mentally, he ain't there. The fact that he's not taking open shots, that he's not looking at the rim. Eric Spolstra is just trying to reel him in. If he gets him back, he kind of gets Bam back, who is all is overlooked at having a bad game because. Jimmy had a horrendous game. Yeah. Uh, Bam just wasn't himself. Four of sixteen in there. They're trying to get him going. Yeah, Spolster's just talking, talking to Jimmy. We, we they obviously need Jimmy on the road. <laughs> I mean, we said that coming into this game, and they almost got a W. Virtually got a W uh, with Jimmy being extremely bad. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like, uh, would this be a good Jimmy Butler game if they won? People would be saying, oh, this is one of the greatest 5-for-21 games ever. That's like they said yeah. about Jason Tatum, because he scored the last 10. I thought Jimmy had a terrible game oh, absolutely. yesterday. He had no legs. He was just second-guessing himself oh. every time he drove to the rim. He was used to getting foul calls and just making things happen with the pump fake. And now the Celtics know we're not going for the pump fake. Never. Robert Williams is apparently 100% back now. These guys flying all over the place, uh, completely shutting things down uh, inside. Uh, but, yeah. Bam... Bam and Jimmy had different games to me. Jimmy had takes where it's like, what are you doing? He's not even looking to score that kind of thing. Bam at least was trying to score. He just <laughs> couldn't 
four yeah. for 16, yeah. and he was throwing up some slot balls uh, at the rim. He's not a post-up player, but they got to try something uh, offensively. And then you look at Duncan Robinson, had an awesome game, 13 points, made three threes. His two best looks, wide open. That would have iced the game for the Heat. Yeah. Brick job. Uh, so he's happy. Uh, or I'm guessing he wants those two back. But perfect looks for a guy who's been shooting the ball well. And like you were saying, he was their best offensive player in the fourth quarter. He had the most baskets for the Heat in the fourth quarter until those two looks where he said he was juiced, a little too juiced. And that's why they both went long. <laughs> a little too juiced. Because it was too open. I mean, he got, it got it in his head and he was just excited to be that open it was just an astonishing fourth quarter that they come back and are able to take the lead because Jimmy Butler, it was so strange. It, it, he missed a layup with seven minutes left, and he was going through his layup technique. He was pra- going back to the bench. One of the best players in the world was practicing his layup technique. That was the one after he, like, dusted Tatum off the yeah. table. Finally, you're like, whoa, Jimmy's here. He's going to play. He yeah. got to the rim. And then <laughs> botched it. Missed the layup. Yeah. I mean, they were pointing it out on the broadcast. I think it was Stan Van Gundy, like... He's got to stop doing the pump fakes, the triple fakes, the four fakes. Like, they're not biting on anything in there, man. And when he started at us, there was like that little stretch where he stopped doing that and sort of was like on the first move, the first blow by, go a little stronger, go a little harder. It it resulted in a few baskets there. But overall, yeah, he he was garbage. The Celtics went ice cold down the stretch, too. They dominated this game for the most part. I mean, the three point shooting from the Heat. Completely kept a minute. Otherwise, this is a, a blowout victory in Game Six. And they had double the amount of threes that the Celtics did. It's right, amazing. Right. But they then Celtics missed nine of ten field goals down the stretch when Jimmy just then continually went to the line, went to the line, went to the line. <laughs> and again, they were they they had owned the game for like forty four minutes, uh, and then you get into the final four or five minutes, and it was brutal. Yeah, I had as the TSN turning point what I thought was Kayla Martin grabbing that offensive rebound off one of the Jimmy Butler missed free throws. And that was the one that led to Duncan Robinson being wide oh, open, probably so open. way too open. He thought about it way too long. He missed that one. And then what? A possession or two later? Heat in transition? Duncan's like, okay, I'm open. He was. He's yeah. a great three-point shooter, but it was like, whoa. And he missed that one. And I was like, okay. That's what I thought it was like over for the Heat. I was like, ah, oh, those are two back-breaking misses. And they probably aren't going to get this done. Of course, then they take the lead. So many crazy like it's momentum crazy. plays in this one. There was the one where I forget who missed the free throws at the line, but uh, like Lowry comes in for a crazy tip from behind. Yep. He finds Bam for like a great pass inside. Looks like an easy layup, and Horford just sends it oh, to the three point line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. what a block! Kind of like throwback to Bam blocking Jason Tatum with one single finger. You look yeah. back at like these series between these teams in the conference finals. It's like the Bam block on Tatum was a fingertip block that saved the series. For the Heat. Last year, it was Jimmy missing a three-pointer with, what, 10 seconds left in the game? And this is coming down to Derek White tipping it in with .1 seconds left? (laughs) Margins. Incredible. This is just a fun stat about White's game winner. He became the second player in NBA history to hit a buzzer beater with his team trailing and facing elimination. (laughs) Michael Jordan's The Shot for Chicago against Cleveland over Craig Elo in 1989 is the only other one. Again, buzzer beater. Team trailing, <laughs> facing elimination. A lot of Cavs-iots, uh yeah. on that one. But it's pretty incredible, though. It's it's amazing. It's amazing that he got up there. He's the hero in this game. His for dad. The his tipping. dad said that was his first game winner ever. Oh, by the way, okay. Well, tears in his eyes after the game. I believe it. Um, he played incredible defense too throughout this game. Derek White played awesome in Game Five with all the, the three pointers. I mean, he has stepped up here He's for back. this team too. Yeah, uh, and they needed you know every little every little bit of this to get this victory. Tatum at thirty one. He was awesome in the first half, twenty five at the half, and then 
you didn't hear a lot from him in the second half, and he would be getting, I don't know, crushed, I yeah. guess, by the Boston Celtics media or the NBA media. Yeah, uh, if scoreless, they scoreless third quarter, and then one basket in the fourth quarter. Right, and he one was cooking six. in the first half. Yeah, when he was... hit that Kobe-esque uh, turnaround fadeaway on Jimmy, it was like, whoa, he uh, is locked in. But the yeah, Heat did a nice I... job in the third quarter to make it a rock fight. I mean, just to stop the game. Yeah. Uh, to, to, they kept going to the rim. All their support players just kept going to the rim. And, and Bam, too. Uh, they were they were fighting. They were absolutely mm-hmm. scrapping and fighting. They were in the bonus with like nine minutes oh, yeah. left in that quarter, weren't yeah. they? And they got yeah. Jalen Brown to four fouls. He subbed out for a while, and he came back in. And that's when Jimmy should have started going to the rim like he was in the last three minutes of this game. They could have fouled J- Jalen Brown out of this yeah. game yeah. Uh, in the third quarter because it was kind of crazy that he came back in with that much time left uh, in the quarter. But... Jimmy apparently didn't have the legs for it until the very last few minutes. He was trying to save it because that would have been a good attacking time because the Heat had the Celtics a little bit on the ropes, it felt like, in the third quarter with Tatum struggling. They couldn't stop fouling. It would have been a nice time to go on a run. Oh, my God. The first three minutes of the second half felt as long as the entire first half, (laughs) which was (laughs) like they were like the whistle was swallowed in the first half. They were letting them be very very physical. physical. They were like, all right. And everybody's loving it. This is great. And then the second half, it was the exact opposite. And it was just whistle after whistle after whistle. And uh, we had a review in there early. Uh, and, yeah, they were in the bonus, but didn't take all that much advantage of it. Um, so credit to the Celtics. And there's – like, I don't want to gloss over the Celtics defense. Like, we're saying, like, ah, oh, Jimmy's legs and all that. Like, a lot of this is the Celtics defense. All these elite rim protectors and Robert Williams III and Al Horford and then all these guys, Derek White, especially when he was on Jimmy – doing an incredible job of just not biting. I know it's so easy for us to say, just never bite on the pump fake. It's got to be a lot more difficult when you're in there full game speed and he's coming at you going up and you're like, yeah, your, your reaction is to try and block it, to make it difficult. But they are disciplined at not biting on really any of the Heat's pump fakes. They stay at home even like on Vincent when he goes in there and, and like he like he's just a lot smaller, so he has that disadvantage there when he gets inside. But wow, what a game. I think Jason Tatum's defense on Jimmy Butler to start the game was fantastic. On switches, they were just so ready to stay down. And him against Derek White was an advantage for Jimmy earlier on in the series. That's one guy he's bigger than. Yeah, he loved going at him. He is he is larger than Derek White. He's yep. tall, taller yep. than him. Uh, but right now, he's in his own head, not even looking at the rim. He should be able to shoot over Derek White. And Derek White just blocked the snot out of him, almost a, a standing block there, yeah. uh, and, and able to collect it, you know, sort of like Grant Williams did uh, during Jimmy's downward run in this series. Started, obviously, on a high, flying high, two-plus games. He didn't even have to be awesome in game three with 14 points. And now, yeah, four, five, six. To me, when you get Derek White on him, that, that should be a bucket. That That's his one really good matchup. Well, on the other side, Jason Tatum has good matchups against everybody. That, that was my thought going into this series. Okay, how is Kevin Love going to stay on the floor? Well, he goes to the bench and Caleb Martin comes in and Tatum's bigger than him. Tatum's bigger than anybody uh, that they try and throw at him. So he can get his shot off. So he he is feeling extremely confident right now. So, yeah, what the hell happens in Game 7? Yeah, absolutely nobody knows. Uh, but Jimmy's <laughs> got to get back to himself somewhat. I, I think the pressure is more on the Celtics. Uh, but there's a lot of pressure on Jimmy Butler as well just to wake up, yeah. uh, be more like Jimmy. I wonder if we see the Heat and Spolstra go to a lot more zone 
I mean, when you look at the entire series and the numbers in man, they're getting scored on a pretty good clip. When they're in zone, they're, you know, holding their own. Well, they just really lean in to playing like, I don't know, 90% of this game in zone and just see if those Celtics shooters can hit their corner threes and, you know, take care on the glass because that obviously opens you up to offensive rebound situations, which were some big ones too in this game. Definitely. The Celtics came through where you're like, oh, they got the stop, but Boston came through and it usually then led to a bucket. I don't know. I don't know what's Yeah, it was only the here. biggest play of the game was an offensive rebound. Yeah, right. So I would say that that is going to be a concern for Miami. They only... Only two guys made threes for the Celtics yesterday. Marcus yep. Smart made four. Derek White made three. So you will see a lot more zone also because it lets you play Duncan Robinson more. And he's yes. been pretty solid in this series. They need his shooting out there. But uh, yeah, seven for 35 for threes yesterday for the Celtics. I think that was their worst shooting game of the, of the season. season. Right. And they in terms off of percentage win. and made three-pointers. Yeah. So that's what you want to see if you're Miami in a game seven. Because, I mean, literally anything could happen. Like, Grant Williams won a game seven last year by hitting seven threes, right? right? right. It could be, that could be Grant Williams again. That could be Sam Hauser. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> who knows in a game seven? But I don't know who's the pressure on now because either fan base at this point is going to be crushed with a game seven loss. Yeah. You either gave up a 3-0 lead or you came back from a 3-0 lead to lose a game seven at home. It's tough. Uh, <laughs> every fifth, every uh, game seven is a 50-50 game. I think this one's 51-49 Boston. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'd go more like 65-35 boston just because of game sevens and home court advantage they mean something to me and that's why 75 percent of game sevens go to the home court team did you just have the momentum you got the feeling and it's going to be difficult for miami to recover from that excruciating loss but if there's a team that's pretty freaking resilient i think it is this bunch with spolstra again who's at the post game podium tapping the tap in the we want to play now we want to tip now 48 hours f that we want to play now uh, and, and I think he's really just trying to get Jimmy more Jimmy-like. Get Jimmy riled. Yeah, he saw uh, the best three minutes of Jimmy Butler's game. He's like, we got we to gotta play now. We don't want him to, <laughs> to come right. out soft again. Uh, yeah, because you get that Jimmy. That was Dimmy Butler. <laughs> he didn't have the light in his eyes. No, he did not. <laughs> he does, like, he doesn't have the same no. intensity that he was carrying against the Bucks series when I he was agree. lighting up Drew Holiday early in this series when he was calling for the wins. Even post-game last night, this guy doesn't want to guarantee a victory. He's like, we're going to well, win It's not it. working for him. It ain't working, yeah. <laughs> he ain't coming out full strength on his guarantees, and maybe that's having an effect. Yeah, well, men, men, mentally, just for the Heat, you mentioned the Bucks series. Game five was the ser- a game where the Heat were able to put away the Bucks was that crazy Jimmy Butler alley-oop inbound pass at the end of the fourth quarter where he was able to push off and score, and then they went to overtime and finished off the series. Right. Like, that is what the Heat have to come back from now, too. So that that's something that they did to another team. This offensive rebound shouldn't have happened. How do they respond? That's it's tough to do that in a barn where everybody is, you know, all over you. But now, do they have no pressure? Does Jimmy have no pressure? Does it, do they have nothing to lose? I know right. it's all these things that you can't quantify. Right. But something happened to Jimmy in, in game four, five, and six where he's. It's not just legs. I mean, he's just not not confident um, to, to to have one of the best get into the the lane and just not even look at the rim. Multiple times. Well, the Celtics are the fourth team in NBA history to force a Game 7 after being down 3-0. They're the first time in NBA history to have a home Game 7, so maybe that helps their chances to become the first team to ever do this. Um, Gabe Vincent, after the game, said, This group's pretty much been here before, you know? We're just running it back. It's almost a storybook. It's almost like it's supposed to be this way. And I think what Gabe Vincent is alluding to is, well, we lost Game 7 
at home ah, yes. to this team. Why can't we flip it on its head and win Game 7 sure. in Boston? And again, I think a lot of people, and maybe rightfully so, are going to be like, yeah, the Celtics have stormed back here. They looked like the better team, for sure, for a majority of these last three games. They're going to do it in Game 7. I would just pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the Celtics because, don't want to hear that, man. Because I just, like, you can't convince me that you know how this is going to go. You can't. Every It just could be a blow-up for either team. It could be another close one, which we hope for, obviously, on Monday night. It could be, like we said, like another massive Jimmy's got one more left in him. Maybe he struggles again. Tatum could go for another 50-plus in a game. Seven. Like, there's all these things. Like, the weird part is the Heat are going, we nearly won. We had a victory where we were going to the NBA Finals in a game which our two star players... Our All-NBA and our All-Star were garbage. Like a combined whatever they were. How many shots did they hit together? Nine. Seven or nine? Let's go over 57-35. Oh, my goodness. Okay. The Jays versus the Bs. So that's what the Heat fans say. So we're good. Like, they're going to play better, right? They can't play worse. And, of course, the Celtics get to say, guys, we couldn't hit a three-pointer <laughs> to totally. save our life. And, you know, we turned the ball over, too. There's that whole part of this game. And we still, we got the victory. You think we're going to play that bad again in Game 7? No, probably not. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm super, <laughs> super pumped. I'm happy we're in here on a Sunday. It doesn't even feel like Sunday to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that felt like a Game 7 yesterday with, like, the <gasps> swings back and forth, the tightness from yeah. players, random dudes showing up and making big plays. Uh, the physicality in the first half, that was, like, very much we're letting them play. Then it was a foul fest in the second half, of course, which was a... Big time changeup. Uh, I thought a definite tale of two halves from the referees. <laughs> yep. So game seven, it's like, I don't know. Is there a game eight? You know, like, is there a game eight <laughs> intensity? Because that was game seven intensity. I don't know how you go up another notch. I don't know what else weird stuff can happen. I guess if it is a game seven where they're allowing teams to get physical, I guess that's a little advantage to the Heat. They'd rather have a two point game. Lots of lots of number one free throws and just stopping of play rather than flow time. Right, and that's what happened in the third quarter. How they were able to to come back. It's just weird looking at the numbers where they had the lead for four minutes and eleven seconds in this game. Uh, Boston led for forty one minutes, um, but they had they they were, they were leading for two point or two point how many two point one seconds there at the end. <laughs> oh no, it was three, uh, which was a, a weird thing there, but. He was behind the line. Do you guys think that was a foul on Al Horford? Because <laughs> yeah, cause I thought it was a foul. I was again, like I said, I thought it was going to be more on the floor, and it wouldn't have been then. Obviously, three shots because he hit him first before yeah. he got to the corner. Yeah, um, definitely th- there was contact. Absolutely. Yeah, and Jimmy created that contact by well, Jimmy in the final two minutes was like, <laughs> I can't hit a shot. I so can't I'm throw my body. Literally just going to barrel into guys. Hopefully, get the call and try and knock down yeah. free throws. Like to go back how you started this trade. If they had gone on to win this game, if that ball bounces to the other side and Tatum can't get to it or it goes high and whatever, and, and the time expires and the Heat win this game and they're going to the finals, does Jimmy Butler even win uh, the Eastern Conference Finals MVP? Oh, yeah. I think like, so. Uh, I mean, because it, I heard Tim th- Bontemps on the podcast, The Hoop Collective, he said Doris Burke texted him like late in the game going like, what, what are we doing here? Like, almost asking Buntemps, because I guess they're both on the panel that they would vote. They're like, are we giving this to Jimmy? Like, he hasn't been all that good in this game or the series, for that matter. Like, is this a Caleb Martins? Like, Stan Van Gundy's trying to push that? So, anyway, um, I don't know how it would have been remembered if Jimmy 
had like he hit the three free throws and they win this game. Like it was pretty amazing. He sort of he, he would have the willed last them. 10. Yeah, yeah, he would have willed them to the victory in a in a pretty bad performance. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess he probably would have got it uh, because you wouldn't give it to Bam. Caleb Martin would be an option. Yeah. Stan Van Gundy literally said yeah. he would give it to Caleb Martin right now. He said right that now. two show- games in a row, I think he said that now. yeah, <laughs> He's making it known. Caleb Martin is shooting incredibly well. He's 58, crazy 58% good. from the floor. 46% from three. He's averaging 18 and about six boards per game. Five of the six games How off the bench. How many rebounds did he have last night? 15, 15, I think. Something crazy. He was like the only guy that can like finish a layup inside. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else can. Butler, Bam, Vincent. Like everybody else is terrified hey, of the Celtics. Don't forget defenders. about Duncan. Duncan. Duncan yes. is don't laying it up. Yeah, it's he's crazy. Attacking. He's attacking. Uh, Butler's averaging 24, 7.7 rebounds and six assists. No, two and a half steals. But his, his uh, percentages are not so good. I can't believe uh, Tim. I saw, I'm seeing some Sixers fans tweeting out uh, the stats from. Jimmy Butler and James Harden against the Celtics. They compare favorably mm, for James Harden. Very similar, yep. very similar. <laughs> they do, say. they do, I'll say. <laughs> they do yep. indeed. I can't believe uh, Bontemps revealing Doris Burke's text. Yeah. Seems a little wrong. A little that offside. They, that, that uh, no, like, that, uh, Tim would just put that out there. Well, all he's saying put that is, out on the street. All he's saying was Doris was uh, contacting him to be like, what What are you doing? Like, I don't know my, I don't know where to go with this if the heat pulled mm. this out. You're saying they should be sequestered? <laughs> <That's what laughs> they can't talk to each other about it? No, I think they can, but I think Tim's putting it out there that Doris <laughs> doesn't know what she's doing or is contemplating, uh, you know, is, is will be swayed by Bontemps' vote. I mean, that's fine that they talk about it, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, like, luckily, they didn't have to vote on it last night. We got a game uh, seven here. To, yeah, to and still see and also, so who's the who's okay? We know the the MVP of the West is the Magic Johnson Trophy. Yeah, it's yeah. Larry Bird. That's in the Bird East. in the East. Oh yeah, what I asked was the Eastern Conference Championship oh, Trophy. God, who cares? <laughs> no, yes, we know you, it's the Oscar. You Robertson love talking the about is, the is trophies. It, oh, I don't love it when it confuses is everybody. It John, is it John Havlicek? Yeah, sure. Havlicek. Yeah, sure. Nice. Yeah, Wait, they're good. both named after Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> the you fix are. is in. The uh, fix is absolutely um, in. Random notes from Ga- this game. Gabe Vincent played defense with the shoe. Yes, I have that <laughs> down too. That was sick. Yeah, he fouled with it, didn't he? Was it? <laughs> yeah, he got called for the foul because he lost his shoe. Yeah. Play continued. He thought about running back without it, but he's yeah. like, eh, I like playing. I'll pick with, it up. I like playing basketball with shoes. Yeah, and then he picked it up, and then yeah, he he like sort of swung or wrapped up whoever was at the top. Yeah, it was his foul. I'm not saying he took the shoe and hit him in the head. <laughs> he definitely did swing but the shoe slung. at the yeah. ball, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was right. it was basically like a take foul. Is that a kickball? If he had just <laughs> just hit the ball with his shoe in his hand. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think so. it is. Think so it was the rare guy who changed shoes during a half as well. He was yeah. late, late in the second quarter. He had already hit a couple threes, changed his shoes. Yeah. New pair of shoes out of a timeout. He comes in, first possession out of that timeout. Bang! Hits a three with his new <laughs> shoes. That yeah, was very he didn't weird. like the grip apparently on those old ones. Yeah, they say the LeBron twenty has some of the best grip of any of the basketball shoes that are out there. That's what he changed. To. Oh, there you go. Maybe it was a slick floor. I was impressed. I was impressed. I think Reggie said, "Yeah, he wants more traction." And I saw the shoes he has on. I was like, "Best in class." Oh, there you go. Didn't know that. Um, I loved Kevin Love uh, reacting to Kayla Martin, who got the start for him when he started like five for five, mm-hmm. and they went to a shot. Kevin Love. That dude was a proud father. <laughs> he had the clap and like and the head nod. Like it was like you're a good guy, way to man. Go, son, <laughs> killing it out there. I uh, love that. How about that weird um, four point play for Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter? Oh, right after the Heat took the lead for the first time. <laughs> that was strange. He's 
fouled on the layup attempt. Bam is called for the goaltending because he put his left hand on the rim, even though he got yeah, the ball yeah, on the yeah. way up. It wasn't to do with the, the block itself or, you know, it hit the glass before. It was because he touched the rim. And then Bam picked up the tech for complaining about such. So in the end, that resulted in a, a four-point possession there from, from Jalen and the Celtics, which was big. And and uh, there's lots of weird officiating stuff. Early oh, there in the, was. This early was in the game. third quarter, Jalen Brown had three fouls, and he goes to the basket, scores an and one. Uh, but right. Spolstra says, you know what? Look like he hooked him. I'm going to use my challenge early in the third quarter to get a fourth call on Jalen Brown. They win the challenge, but it's not a fourth call. It's not a fourth foul for Jalen Brown. They just say, no, it wasn't a foul on Caleb Martin. Count the basket, but he doesn't get an and one. So he wins the challenge. Huh. And they just won a point. That was really weird. Weird stuff. And then they, they made it even more confusing, did they not, on the broadcast where Stan Van was saying, they still got their they still got their timeout because of that, and then they had to come back and correct that. They're like, no, yeah. you lose it. I mean, it gets very nobody confusing. knows the rules. It gets very confusing, but yeah, even <laughs> if those guys don't know, it's ugh. Uh, they also else? had that. Uh, there was that. I think it was Caleb Martin who made a three from the corner. They called it a two instantly. They're like, wait, no, no, that's a three. Then they put three on the board. Then they came back and they're like, no, it's actually a two. And then they reviewed it, and you could hear the Heat broadcast or the PA announcer saying, Caleb Martin has been changed to a three! Yeah. And are like, yeah, I guess it was a three. Looked like a three the whole time. Kevin Harlan was <laughs> losing was, his mind. That was, was like, so weird, He's like man. trying to figure out what the hell yeah. the score was. He's like, now they've gotten this wrong in the arena. We have it right on the grab. And then kept the thing the arena is wrong. back and forth. Yeah, it would have been yeah, very, no. very, very frustrating. It was just a messy game. It, uh, yeah, yeah. Slop fest. It was sloppy. Harlan got messed up even. He had a great call. Kyle Lowry sprinting. From the backcourt with the ball, he goes, all gas, no breaks. And as he said, no breaks, Kyle Lowry stopped and went out. <laughs> like, even the greats even the greats got all messed up afterwards. Oh, I, I'll tell you one thing. Oh, my God. How many times during the broadcast did either Reggie or Stan Van say, I think it must have been 10 or 12 times, like, team is down uh, despite, they're only down five, let's say. Like, it was like, I can't believe they're only down five despite all these things. Oh, yeah. Or whatever it was, and it sometimes went both both ways. It was like, you heard that so many times. <laughs> they were they were in record scratch <laughs> mode last night. It was, was repeat. Like, okay. That and, uh, and, and the Heat role players have showed up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Their three-point shooters are shooting. They just need something from Jimmy and Bam. Yeah. That oh. was uh, 48 minutes of that, I thought. Uh, oh, I had, I had a, yeah, on that note, I had a flashback because they said, uh, Reggie said about Caleb Martin, he goes, where would the Heat offense be without Caleb Martin? <laughs> Went to commercial, and on the NBA app, they show clips from old games, as in game four or game five. <laughs> During those highlights, <laughs> Reggie says, where would the Heat be without Caleb Martin? Oh, I know. too much! It's, it's too much basketball. Yeah. Well, the whole, it's the only series going to. You're that's like, it. I got nothing else I can think about. Every <laughs> second night, we're hearing these three guys, and you are hearing sort of the same things over and over again. Also, new drinking game with Stan Van on the call. You got to pound your drink anytime his voice cracks because he's good for like one or two of those a game. I love when the Stan Van voice cracks. Uh, and that's all I have. Except, um, did did Jason Tatum crash into Jimmy Goldstein? 
Yeah. At one point, okay. Yeah, okay, wasn't. I don't think we ever got a replay on it. I'm like, I, think I don't that, think, I think so. that was Jimmy that he that not Jimmy under Butler, the Jimmy under Goldstein. the hoop. Yeah. As he was driving on the offensive end, yeah. Okay. Jimmy in the gold. It was Goldstein. Yeah, that's right. He was wearing gold last that's night. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, Apparently, we got a beef uh, between Stan Van Gundy and Tyler Hero now. As well, because <laughs> yeah. Stan Van Gundy. Uh, no. You know, he said uh, that the the Heat really need Tyler Hero back on the court because his fashion is so bad when he's sitting on the bench. <laughs> to which Tyler Hero responded on an Instagram story my fashion as bad as he was on the sideline ooh so we didn't get a lot more Tyler Hero fashion talk and he was wearing a, I believe a leather bucket hat on the sideline <laughs> last night yeah they they, they left they toned alone. it down for You're sure right. and right. honestly if I were Tyler Hero I would have just pulled up a screenshot of the time that the NBA had to ban mock turtlenecks for NBA coaches because they hated the way Stan Van Gundy was dressing on the sidelines. Oh, wow. He should have worn a turtle like a <laughs> should have dressed like Stan Van. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That would have been awesome. Oh, man. What a game. Uh, anything else that you guys have? Any notes from the from the box score or from the broadcast? or? <laughs> well, what, speaking what? of beefs, we almost had a brown... Lowry beef, yeah, yeah, the, that Lowry hack on his, uh, yeah, he did. his his vase hand. That's the hand that he cut on a, a v- broken vase, broken plant, whatever it was, before the playoffs started, and he was pissed. pissed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but his hand was fine. And even when who was it coming over the back? Gabe Vincent swiped at Robert Williams' hand, where he had to go back to the locker room with an injured hand. Those were a couple look like effective fouls, uh, yeah. um, but both guys fought through. Uh, and we're all right. Yeah, Robert Williams III, he left the game. <laughs> and it's like, uh-oh. I mean, this is him who's got a bit of a track history of, like, weird injuries or injuries that take him out. And then yep. he was back for the second half, and it was like nothing really happened. I know he doesn't play a ton of minutes now, but, man, he has been awesome, I think, in he the minutes big he time. plays. And, uh, yeah, perfect, uh, perfect injury for him to have, I think, to be able to return left wrist. It's not like the guy's shooting jump shots. Yeah, that's a good you know? point. That's a good point. Just get so, that club out there. My goodness. Uh, game 7, Monday night. Uh, it's a holiday here on Monday in the States. But, uh, of course, we'll be back on Tuesday morning to break it all down. Yeah, no show tomorrow. We'll be back. I, I know it is impossible to try and figure out what the hell's going to happen <laughs> in this. But let's just go on the record. Who wins game 7? <laughs> Who's the hero or, or, you know, unlikely hero if you want to play that game? Why not? Well, because I... I cannot prognosticate. Uh, I assume the Celtics will win, so I'll go with the Heat. <laughs> Just do the opposite. Yeah. All right, Trey. What says you? Uh, what says me? I'm going. I'm going Celtics here. Okay. Celtics and seven. Al Horford hits a game-winning three-pointer. Wow, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Allie. I like that. Um, hits a game-winning three, but there's still a little bit time left on the bench, and squats down and hits the timeout. Ooh. You're gonna need one, Eric. Whoa, that'd be, that'd nice. be fun. That'd be fun. I, uh, I, I mean, I had the Heat winning this series in six. I was a tenth of a second away from nailing that, but uh, I'm with Trey. I'm going Celtics winning this game seven on Monday night, and give me. Uh, let's just keep running with Derek White. Let's let. In fact. I'm going to go so far to say Derek White wins Finals MVP yeah, <laughs> of sure, the Conference sure, Finals. Why yeah, why not? Conf- big game from Finals the MVP. Conference Con- Finals MVP. I know, Conference Finals That's MVP. Big. He wins the Larry. Give Larry. Derek the Larry. No, it would go to Tatum probably, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Let's hear your predictions in the stream team right now. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, we're not going anywhere. We're here, so let's talk about some NBA news. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, here in the Classic Factory on a Sunday, we put up the poll during the break. Who you got winning Game 7 on Monday night? Right now, 66% of the votes going to the Beantown Boys at home there for Game 7, 34% for the heat but we'll keep that poll running maybe Whoop. the heat fans will trickle in what did you say the line was the line is celtics are favored by eight and a half in a game seven i don't like that if i'm boston <laughs> you don't, don't want to like, see that i don't line? like that at all yeah. i would uh, i would do everything i can to keep my back against the wall <laughs> <laughs> just seems... watch the like the last three minutes and then turn it off before Derek white gets the tip mm. so you remember what it's like <laughs> when you were blowing the lead that you had because they got to come in and they got to play like they had the last three games. Not like, hey, we just pulled it off. Right. We did the comeback. Now we're here for game seven. It's even. It ain't even. You're down still. Right. Right. But and then, Miami has to come in and say, we're down now, finally. <laughs> <laughs> double backs against the wall. Double backs against the wall. What happens, man? Uh, all right. We got some news here that was going on in the NBA weekend. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have their next head coach. Uh, after conducting a search that lasted a couple weeks, the Bucks have decided to hire Toronto Raptors assistant. Adrian Griffin. This is from Shams and Woj. Uh, the two sides are progressing on the terms of the agreement. But in the end, Adrian Griffin is getting a chance to, to coach Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah, kind of surprising. Uh, I didn't know a lot about Adrian Griffin other than he's AJ Griffin's dad, of course, the Hawks rook. Uh, so I, I did a lot of reading about him the last couple of days. Gotta admit, started liking him a lot. And also <laughs> thinking that he could make a very good NBA coach in today's game. He was a player development coach to start. Jimmy Butler gives him a lot of credit for the player that he developed into. He was there with the Bulls. Uh, then, you know, he did game planning as an assistant coach. He was more of a defensive guy, but I uh, knew the offensive side. Worked under Nick Nurse, obviously, with the Raptors. This was Nurse's quote on Griffin's personality. He said, it's different. He's not type A, hardline coach. He's more like a fatherly figure type in terms of personality. He has a calmness about him. He seems like a wise person when he's conveying something. Mm. It may not appear sometimes <laughs> that he's got this coaching gene or whatever, uh, but he sure does. And uh, after Griffin met with Giannis, as, as was reported by The Athletic, yep. uh, potential hires, Nick Nurse, and Kenny Atkinson also met with Giannis, uh, according to The Athletic. Uh, then, after that, each candidate met the Bucks' ownership. And then GM John Horst, well, he, he had a dinner where he invited ownership. And both Giannis and Chris Milton, they chatted out. And they go with Griffin. Uh, it was fun. It was a fun... Uh, I had a great great Memorial Day weekend reading about Adrian Griffin, to be honest. I read a four-year-old <laughs> four-year-old article from Eric Kareen via The Athletic from 2019 about wow. Adrian Griffin. This is what... This is my history reading. This is, I guess, this is what reading history is all about. Because uh, I feel like I feel so well versed in Adrian Griffin's <laughs> career. Had Luol Deng under his wing as a yeah, player. I think of him as a bull. Yeah. So, seems seems like a player's coach. For the, sure. the only part you missed from that uh, yeah. excellent breakdown there was Nurse sort of taking his name mm. 
out of the running at the last minute. I needed if you to leave something for you guys to no, say, but yeah, uh, fascinating. Like, <laughs> I guess he, he met with Giannis, like you said, and and then soon after, that's interesting. Nurse, yeah, nurse decides not to want this job. Now, does that mean he's going to the Sixers? Is he going to the Suns? Maybe uh, there was talks, possibly of of a deal, the contract, and it's not enough. I don't know. Some are trying to say Nurse is like, you know what? Give it to. Adrian Griffin, <laughs> give him a chance here. My guy, Adrian. No clue if that's true or not, but I'm I'm sort of excited to see him get a chance here after putting in a lot of work in this league as an assistant coach to to not only get your first head coaching chance, but on a damn good team. Like usually these are bad teams. Then you get yep. that first go and you get a couple years and a bit of a runway. There's going to be a lot of pressure, but it's also sort of cool. Like you've got Giannis and you've got a good squad here and. Um, he gets to, to see if they can take him to the uh, another championship. A lot of expectations for a first-year coach. I thought he would be the Raptors coach, to be quite honest. Yeah. I thought Nick Nurse would take this job, so I'm surprised. I thought Milwaukee would want a coach who's experienced and has done it before, but I also kind of think uh, somebody new is usually a better choice because uh, we know what the other guy's going to do. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, Adrian Griffin, he's a bull to me. Aubrey, Aubrey Griffin, his daughter, plays for UConn. UConn, yeah. Uh, and Alan Griffin plays uh, in the what, what's that the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Oh, okay. Uh, and is obviously AJ's with the uh, the Hawks. I didn't know that. There's I didn't know that. There there's was a another. bloodline. Yeah. Um, with the new coach selected, the Bucks now obviously turn to free agency. They got some major decisions. Brooke Lopez, unrestricted free agent. Chris Middleton has a player option for next season that he could turn down in favor of unrestricted free agency. He's got until uh June 21st, I believe, is his deadline. And if Middleton opts in, Lopez, let's say, re-signs this Bucks team, they're going to be a tax team for the fourth straight season, and that is when you get hit with the significant penalty for the repeater tax. Um, so we'll see if that's the direction to go. They also have to like reshape this entire bench, possibly, too, with a bunch of free agents uh, coming off the pine here. They don't have their first-round pick. And like I said, because of the tax, they're not going to have a lot of money to play with here. Uh, waiting to see what happens with Lopez and, and Middleton to some extent. But um, yeah, they got, they're not done here. Got your coach, but a lot of decisions from Horse in the Bucks front office. Yeah, basically uh, set with their core. You got to get more out of Chris Middleton next year. This is a, a, a championship level team if Chris Middleton is awesome again. So hopefully he's healthy. Although this team is old. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. depending on when Brooke Lopez is comes back. But the, the big three. Uh, of Giannis, uh, more so, sorry, Giannis is not old, uh, but Middleton and Drew uh, specifically, and then some of their, yeah, some of their rotation players as well. Next piece of news here, LeBron James might have surgery this offseason after playing through a torn tendon in his right foot, according to the Athletics' Shams Sharanya. Uh, LeBron's foot is going to be reevaluated in the near future, and if he requires surgery, the procedure would reportedly sideline him for only a couple months, two months, let's say. TK, um, this is something we expected yes. to see, <laughs> yes, and indeed. we will wait to see if he actually gets the surgery. I assume you think that will be the case. But, um, yeah, any thoughts on this? Well, uh, he allegedly needed surgery before he had before he actually returned from the injury. The LeBron James defeat sets, all right. <laughs> you just need to find the LeBron James' surgery after the season. So I kind of thought this would be the first piece of news we got from the Lakers after they were eliminated, but first they had to come back and say, actually, LeBron is likely coming back. He's not really retiring. He is under contract for next season, so he will need surgery. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. You say it's a two-month recovery. Maybe LeBron takes his time coming back and uh, maybe not ready for the beginning 
of the season <laughs> next year right? and ramps up for the second half mm. of the year. I mean, the, the other part of it is, like, would LeBron be like, okay, I need surgery. The, the LeBron James of feet is now telling me I need to get this surgery. <laughs> What's the rush? What's the rush? Why? Do I need to get it right now? Got to recover for surgery. How many days are in May? Do I need to do it right now? No. I want to enjoy my summer. You don't want to push cast. it back. Push it back. Can't until, swim until you know <laughs> early September, and then that would lead into the season. I don't know. Would he do that? Because then he would be missing obviously time and get to slow play it. It's a good call. Can't have a cast. Can't swim. Can't get on a banana boat. If he wants to reconvene, <laughs> no, reconvene with the boys and Gabby. No barefoot skiing. <laughs> it is wild to think he injured this foot in late February during a regular season game against the Mavericks. You saw him on court camera saying, I heard it pop. That's what he said while he was on the floor. He misses the Lakers next, like, 13 games. He returns on March 26th, and then he played for the rest of the season. The rest of the regular season, obviously, into the playoffs, got into the conference finals um, after he met with that doctor, the LeBron James of feet. Do we, what, whose name, where's the name for this guy? Or, or, or woman. Yeah, this person has to at least come out and be like, he was talking about the meat. The meat. Okay. Yeah. We got to see his stats. Though. I'm the king of feet. Got to have the most foot surgeries of all time. Uh, <laughs> got to be talking about doing uh, emergency room work with their son. <laughs> do you think? Oh, I just want to operate with my son someday. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think the LeBron James of feet has a giant tattoo on his or her back that says chosen two for both feet instead of chosen one? <laughs> two feet. <sticking laughs> yeah, probably. It's possible. Probably. It's possible. So anyway, we'll wait to see. Uh, you think the LeBron James of feet went... Pro doctor out of high school <laughs> hasn't been done since Doogie Howser. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, uh, final one here. This is just sort of random. Jazz legend Carl Malone. He recently auctioned off 24 pieces of memorabilia from the 1992 Summer Olympic Dream Team game used jerseys, sneakers from all 12 members to the tune of five million dollars. So the bulk of those earnings came by way of Jordan's number nine white jersey that he wore during uh, the game versus Lithuania, which uh, TK <laughs> rocking. Uh, cool. Is that game worn? Uh, uh, this is a flame worn, okay. actually. Edrin Flames gave me this shirt. Oh, that's nice. It's from the 96 uh, Olympics, though. TK headed to uh, yeah. the Grateful Dead concert tonight here. Yeah, in, uh, yeah. Uh, this is just a basketball shirt. For today, I've already worn this to a dead show, so I gotta wear a different one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it was that game, Dream Team versus Lithuania in the semifinals, that Carl Malone had all of these game worn jerseys. How did he get all these? Did he? His go- wife. His wife literally was walking around the locker room. Was like, I'm just gonna grab these. That's incredible. It's incredibly weird. weird yeah. I think that Carl Malone is selling this memorabilia. Yeah, I agree. I it's pretty weird. It, actually, yes. it was. Yes. It, I, I assumed when I read the headline. All the memorabilia was his. It belonged to him. Like, his game-worn stuff. Oh, yeah, right. No, no, no. It's, yeah. He literally had a piece from every player on the Dream Team, all, I believe, from this game, this one particular yeah. game. It was all this semifinal. So. Uh, anyway, to finish that thought, Jordan's uh, jersey sold for $3 million. So his one jersey is the bulk of this $5 million. Um it is a strange story. I guess all this stuff was hanging in... It was being displayed in one of his um, uh, car dealerships in Utah. <laughs> okay. So, it's a, f- a fascinating story. It's a big, why are you doing this? Are you hard for cash, Carl? I mean, are they not selling cars? I, I, I could, it's tough to buy a car. They don't, you can't even have enough of them anymore here in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> like, I went to go uh, get a whole new lease. And they're like, we don't have any cars. 
That's why like, you had to sell these jerseys. So I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't have any cars to sell. You want a jersey? <laughs> so anyway, um, my random question off of this, for everybody in the stream team, everybody listening later, besides Jordan's jersey, which everyone would want, the number nine, what dream team jersey would you most want and why? Who would you pick? Uh, who would I pick? Yeah. I think I would pick Barkley. Okay. He led the dream team in scoring, right? Right. Yep. During that tournament, during the 92 tournament. I think he's number four. 14? Is he? Oh, 14. I think he's 14 because right. Leitner was 14. four, I think. Oof. <laughs> you don't like 14? No. No. 14 uh, to me is one of the worst basketball numbers. Wow. Wow. I would have it in my bottom 10 of numbers probably. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, okay. uh, Hornacek so fans. Okay. You don't want Barkley. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wanted oh, Barkley. I thought I, it was four, but man, that's really throwing me I'm off. I'm pretty sure it's four. I do like... Uh, Hornacek just appeared in the room with that. <laughs> Apparently, Clyde Drexler's jersey includes the inscription, I enjoyed being your teammate. I thought that was so funny, too. I had that written down. <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> nice locker room times together. <laughs> Drexler's jersey got $92,200 on auction. I guess it's the okay. record. It's a record for any game-used Drexler jersey. Anyway. So, oh, so each... Value is there each. Uh, uh, no, I don't have all of them, but oh, okay. I know that one because it had that weird yep. inscription on it. <laughs> I enjoyed being your teammate. <laughs> I think it said maybe to Carl. Uh, okay, you stick with Barkley though. Yeah, I'll go with Barkley. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I too was looking at the numbers. What's my favorite number of all these? And these are and, uh, like um, international numbers, right? It's only yep. four to fifteen. I think. Yeah. yeah. So. Barkley was probably the player I would choose, yeah. but I also wasn't a fan of 14. Okay. So I went with the next best player, IMO, and a, a legendary player for me as well. Great number, Magic with 15. Mm, I'm a 15 man. Good one. I love the number. And uh, yeah, well, it wasn't too difficult. It wasn't too difficult a selection for me. Because otherwise, I'm going Larry, I'm going Larry Legend. Give seven. me number seven. That's a great number. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky seven, baby. Lucky Larry. Lucky Larry. I know. I Honestly, mean, now that I'm looking, I should have looked at the numbers. <laughs> I was just, I was thinking players more so, but now that I'm looking at the numbers, I might go Mullen. What was 13. 13? 13 was my number uh, oh. for playing. Oh. Some say it's unlucky. That's a fun trivia question. Yeah. For real sickos. Yeah, Can you yeah, name yeah. all of the numbers for the Dream Team members? You want to just do it right now? That's tough. I've got it up here, so yeah, I'm cheating. Well, but Leitner, number four. I did remember that. Five, I think, was David Robinson. Mm. Six is Patrick Ewing. Seven's Larry Bird. Is there an eight? Pippin, I think. Pippin. Pippin's eight. Jordan, nine. Drexler, ten. <laughs> Carl Malone, 11. Stockton, 12. 13 brings us to Mullen. 14, Charles Barkley. 15, Magic Johnson. There we go. There we go. Scotty Pippin, eight. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a, I don't know. It's a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but Eight. like, you know, you wore number 33, and if you turn one three around and put them together, mm. yeah. it turns into an eight. I'll tell you who didn't buy that $3 million uh, Jordan jersey from the Dream Team. Scotty Pippen. That's why I ain't getting his jersey. <laughs> Scotty, Scotty's Whoa. burning the bridges. Scotty's tired of this bullshit. <laughs> tired of being just on a second fiddle to Michael MJ. Jordan sucked until I showed up. Easy, buddy. You know, wow. He should buy a light. All these interviews he's doing? Yeah, it's very, very dark. Oh, backlit. We'll sell him this one that's crapping out on us. Yeah, good deal here. It's a game you show used no dunks light. $4,200. Dream team of podcasts right here. What do you want? Charles Barkley was number four on the second dream team. Oh, there you go. What's up with that? Huh. Maybe he hated the number four. Yeah, he's like, why'd you put that one out there? I asked for four. <laughs> okay, we'll, uh, we'll write on this light that we're going to give to Scotty Pippen. I enjoyed being your podcast. 
You are a great producer. <laughs> All right. Let's hear from you. What Dream Team jersey, besides Jordan, because most people would pick that MJ9, uh, would you want and why? Let us know. we got to take our final break. When we come back, tweet of the night. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. All right, let's start wrapping up this Sunday podcast here in the Classic Factory with a little Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet, uh. tweet of the Night comes from our guy, Worldwide Wob. He shared this photo of Florida Panthers forward Matthew Kachuk in attendance last night with the caption... Looks more like Kevin Love than Kevin Love does. <laughs> so you podcast listeners are going to want to come check this out, at least uh, at Worldwide Wob on Twitter or right here on YouTube. 
I gotta say, he's not wrong. That's I showed this to Nora, and I and I covered the caption. I just want to see, like, who is this? Tell me who this is. And she was like, that's Kevin Love. Because, <laughs> holy crap, there are a lot of similarities with this guy. Um, people saying, like, a little Blake Griffin meets Kevin Love? Like, jam them together? Maybe the curls? I don't know, but not bad. Yeah, Pretty funny tweet there from Wob. I also saw Larry Nance, Love's former teammate, tweet that photo and say, Kevin Like. <laughs> uh, that's it, good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, Kevin I was going to send like it to you funny. as well. No, that's funny. Pretty good, man. Uh, that's yeah. pretty good. Oh, it's great. He definitely looks like him, although not a Matthew Kachuk fan myself. Is he? I assume he's the son of Keith Kachuk. He's, Is that right? He's a Keith son. One of the few. One of the few. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right, right, right. Other hockey players as well, but he left my flames. Didn't want to oh. be there anymore. He was a high draft pick, right? Was Lames back in the day? This guy, Matthew? Uh, yep, he must have been. I think so. Uh, he was good. He was good, and he left. And during – they swept. The Florida Panthers they did. did. Matthew yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had three game-winning goals right, right. and then assisted on the other game winner, other big goal. Was the was other a, uh, big assist uh, like Kevin Love style, like from one end to the other? They throw yeah. it down there? Outlet pass. Outlet pass. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think yes. uh, Matthew Kachuk's cheering for? Um – at this game. Plays in Florida. He's yeah. Florida but went to now. high school with high Jason School classmate of Jason wow. Tatum. With Tatum. He can't lose. They did school projects together. He was cheering for That's a game crazy. seven, baby. Yeah. That's one. right. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. I let, I read uh, the interview with um Derek White's dad on The Athletic. And at the end, he's basically like, yeah, we hope Boston wins, but we're really just excited to see Derek play another game. <laughs> he's like, who cares, man? That's my son. I love watching him play. Yeah. Respect. Right attitude. <laughs> yep. For sure. Uh, good stuff there from Worldwide Wob. Very, very funny photo. He does look a lot like Kevin, Kevin Love. Kevin Like is pretty uh, funny. No yeah. doubt. All right, let's call it there, guys. Thanks so much for joining us here on a Sunday. Everybody joining us live on YouTube. We'd love to see that. Hit that like button. Subscribe as we march our way to 100,000 subs. Um, no show tomorrow. We're going to take the day off. Makes sense here because no game on tonight. We'll be back on Tuesday, live at 10 a.m. Eastern, here from the Classic Factory to break down hopefully another really entertaining game in this Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but, 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 there is a podcast tomorrow to keep you busy. And that is the new Is This Good podcast from Matteo, JD, and me. Yes, I'm back on this one. And one of the topics there, you see, are school uniforms good? This was a, a lengthy debate about the pros and cons of school uniforms. And then we got into a very weird debate about ice in your drink <laughs> at a restaurant. When you ask for a glass of water, do you expect it to have ice or would you prefer the other way? <laughs> uh, well, what, what's, what do you think? I expect it to have ice. Right. I would just say, in general, you're getting ice. I don't necessarily think it's necessary. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not... You don't say, need it super cold. Uh, yeah, in my general day-to-day -day life, I'm probably only icing one month out of the year. <laughs> the hottest of months. <laughs> okay. When you really want it to hit. Uh, but in general, like I just like a nice, cool... Slightly colder than room temperature water. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, chill. Do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I saw JD swing his mic around this rare occasion. I got to pass the ice tray over to JD. Oh, no, it just, uh, just says it, 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 that's an in case, breaking case. Oh. Uh, I say no. I say I, no. I'm very passionate about this, but you'll have to tune in. Oh, man. It. it was. 
fifties. We we t- like it felt like we talked about two things. Yeah, school uniforms and ice, and we <laughs> we went for a long time. But it's a it's a lot of fun. This one uh, I had a blast going on. Is this good? So that drops tomorrow on Monday. It's on YouTube feed. It's on podcast feed. So make sure you subscribe to Is This Good as well. And you can become a Patreon too if you want. These guys do like like Zoom meetups with yeah. the fans yeah. and they do bonus content. JD's like, oh, I'll put that in the Discord for the Patreon members, like some <laughs> weird text you had or something. I don't yeah, know, that's something. right. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Yeah, the only reason he came and joined Playback for our, our Game 5 watch party was because he was all <laughs> syruped up from his Patreon chat. Not the only reason, but oh. it was all set up. Oh. I was set up, syruped up, <laughs> and ready to go. Yeah. You guys are doing a great job. Syruped Is this good? Check it out. It's a lot of fun. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, have a safe Memorial Day, and we will see you back here on Tuesday. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, Trey Young got his nickname because he likes ice in his water. Brace the day, people. Thank you.